Hello, hello. I'm your host, Kathleen Gomez, and this is Soak Up the Sports, a show all about summer sports in Spain. Today's episode is about basketball, a sport so American, I didn't know Spaniards took it as seriously as we do. Say hi to my co-host, Liad Lerner. Hi, everyone. And I mean, of course, with Spanish players like the Gasol brothers, Sergi Baca, Ricky Rubio, I mean, how couldn't you know they're for real? So Liad may have knew about its popularity, but I would assume that most Americans who don't exactly follow basketball didn't know that. Either way, we're going to learn. Basketball is one of the most popular sports to play and watch in Spain, so we're going to tell you how that came to be, how it got here in the first place, and then we'll hear from an NBA representative who will give us an auditory Venn diagram between basketball in Spain and basketball in America. ¿Qué pasa en España? Here's this week's sport of the summer, basketball. Basketball is unanimously ranked one of the top five sports to play and follow in Spain, only behind the two sports that Spaniards go all out for, soccer and tennis. So let's start out with how basketball got here, because its origins are 100% American, right? Right. So according to Britannica, basketball is the only major sport that is strictly of American origin. It was founded at a YMCA in Springfield, Massachusetts in 1891. It wasn't played in Spain until 1931, and it was actually brought here by a Spanish man named Angel Cabrera, who began playing basketball in Argentina and wanted to bring the sport back to his homeland. All right, so let me check my notes here real quick. A Spaniard went to Argentina to learn an American sport and bring it back to Spain. Exactly. It sounds a little backwards, but that's how it worked. According to Real Madrid Basketball, Cabrera placed an ad in the popular Spanish newspaper, ABC, that said, Men who are interested in practicing this sport are kindly asked to visit the club secretary, Caballero de Gracia, to receive further instructions. After that announcement, the club was born. Cabrera organized and played on the team, and he was the founder of La Federación de Baloncesto de Castilla, which I believe is a youth league that prepares athletes for Liga Endesa, but there may also be a second division for secondary pro players in there. It was kind of confusing, but seems like that's what the gist is. So La Liga Endesa is pretty much their NBA. Uh, it was originally known as La Liga ACB, the Asociación de Clubes de Baloncesto, but is more commonly called Liga Endesa because of the sponsorship with Endesa. Yeah, it's currently contested by 18 teams, with the bottom two teams getting relegated to the Liga Española de Baloncesto every season. The league follows a similar format to the NBA. It runs from October until May, and it's a double round-robin competition, with the top eight teams at the end of the season playing each other in a play off tournament. And this year they just reached the end of their tournament. Barcelona was the winner. Uh, but once again, Real Madrid and Barcelona have giant rivalries here, just mm-hmm. like they do in soccer. Uh, Barcelona has 16 league titles overall, and Real Madrid has 13. Barcelona was also victorious in the Copa del Rey de Baloncesto tournament this year. But what this nation lacks in comparison to American collegiate sports for fans to pay attention to, they make up for with multiple leagues. The Copa del Rey de Baloncesto was founded in 1933. It was originally just a Final Four tournament but since the 80s, they've expanded to an eight-team tournament as well. The Copa del Rey is the highlight of winter sports for Spain, and I know the purpose of this podcast is to talk about Spanish sports in the summer, but during the winter months, the fans do need something to look forward to, and the Copa del Rey comes just in time for that. Is there a women's league too, a WNBA equivalent? 
Thankfully, yes, the women's do have a pro league here, but unfortunately, it's not nearly as popular. La Liga Femenina Endesa was founded in 1964. It consists of 16 teams, none of which have major acclaim because none of them are headline cities in Spain, with the exception of Movistar Estudiantes from Madrid and Valencia Basket from Valencia. Its tournament is also a double round robin with each team playing 26 games before the eight-team three-round tournament. So their tournament bracket is more similar to the NBA, but it's just a lot shorter. So this Madrid-based uh, Movistar Estudiantes, is that like their Real Madrid? Is it a pretty dominant force, historically at least? It's actually the opposite. They've oh. never won the league. So the most decorated team is called Godea Pool Hetafe, which I couldn't find any information on. Not a phone number, not a website, not even a Wikipedia page. Not even, wi- wow, that is a serious lack of, wow. Right? And their league doesn't get much more external funding aside from their Endesa title sponsorship, which means the teams don't get that funding either. Wow, that is not, yeah, that is a serious lack of coverage. Um, But the men's team just finished their Endesa tournament, so let's go back to that for a second. Yeah, so like I said, Barcelona were their champions this year, denying Real from a second consecutive title. Barca won both of their final games against their rival team, and they've stayed neck and neck for ages, even when it comes to their rosters. Real Madrid and Barcelona have both gained and lost valuable players to the NBA. Real signed Anthony Randolph in 2016, which is where he continues to redeem his reputation from his roller coaster career in the NBA, but the most notable recent loss for them was the transfer of Slovenian phenom Luka Doncic to the Mavericks in 2018. Yeah, Luka Doncic, the Mavs' great hope right now. Um, he's only a few months younger than me, which is pretty scary to think about. Um, <laughs> but he is insane, this guy. He's a triple-double machine. Um, I think he has probably the highest ceiling out of any player currently in the NBA. I think he can one day, if he lives up to this amazing potential, he can force himself into the greatest of all time conversation. He's not there yet. I want to make that clear. He's nowhere <laughs> near that right now, but I'm saying he has the potential. He's, it's a little early. Yeah, to... he's, he's the guy with the most potential. He's the most poised. Yeah, but yeah, it's a little early to say so, but I see where your head's at. So on the flip side, Barcelona dominates with help from their starters with NBA experience like Nikola Maratic, Pau Gasol, and Brandon Davies, who have all made names for themselves in America in the past 15 or so years. Maratic and Davies led the team in points this season with 14.4 and 10.1 respectively, and Pau Gasol is at the top for rebounds. He averaged 5.9 in the playoffs. Yeah, got to be happy for Pau Gasol in his last season before retiring. Obviously, he, alongside Kobe Bryant, were so dominant with the Lakers a few, about a decade ago, winning mm-hmm. back-to-back NBA titles. And he's just a great guy overall. So uh, it's very nice to see him succeed in, right before retirement here. Absolutely. And with players who have made American appearances and international events like the NBA Global Games and the EuroLeague American Tour, do you think basketball in Spain has the attention of American fans? Um, no, it doesn't, honestly. Um, you know, (laughs) the European League is growing. It's getting better. Uh, the talent gap is shortening, but I mean, the NBA is still head and shoulders above everyone else, uh, in, in basketball. Um, it, you know, they're, the Euro League is becoming a great farming system, and there's a lot of talented players coming out of there and who are continuing to come out of there, um, and that's becoming more and more common. But no, I mean, everyone's going to end up in the NBA eventually. It's it's definitely still the best. It's the, it's the place to be. Exactly. You hit the nail right on the head. According to one basketball superfan and official NBA communications account executive here in Spain, grabbing the attention of Americans is not an easy task. Here's what he had to say. 
I, I can tell that that, that uh, basketball in Spain is 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 been popular for years. Uh, when I I can say that maybe th 30 years ago, it uh, was the second most popular sport discipline in Spain. And I think that the American fan is so hard or so difficult to to bring to European sports because you have your your mentality, you have your your traditions, your college sports, your uh, uh, pro leagues, uh, and so many options. Your uh, NASCAR, wherever. So the, the American sports schedule is full of events, and so it's really hard to find uh, uh, a small piece of the cake there to to <laughs> get your to get to get your your spot there. That's the voice of Ader Ochoa, and he works at a communication agency called Tinkle, which is the official representation of the NBA here in Spain. He's been in sports journalism and communications for 20 years, and he sat down to tell me about how different Liga Endesa is from the NBA. It's quite uh, hard for a domestic competition like Liga Endesa mm -hmm. to fight or to compete with these two giant competitions like uh, the NBA and the EuroLeague. And some other uh, issues for the Liga Andesa and for the Spaniard teams and the European teams is that um, the most talented players, there's a time that when when they became uh, the best in the league or the best ones in their teams, uh, they move away to the NBA. So it's quite difficult to keep your um, your strategy, your your, your uh, the basketball operation president. They, they need to, every single summer, to look for new players because the best players they move away to the NBA or right. to some other Euroleague uh, huge club so that's an issue for and that's a, a big challenge for Liga Andesa. So on the flip side do Spaniards who are huge fans of the Gasol brothers or Luca do they follow them to their NBA teams? So from what Ader was telling me it seems like Spanish basketball fans are a little bitter that they <laughs> lose such great players to the NBA but they definitely are still fans and do their best to follow them. In the beginning Fans can be a little bit uh, angry or a little bit betrayed, but you know it's, it happens if you are working for a company, you get a better deal and a better right. opportunity. You move away. It's, it's business and that's life. So uh, in the first week, they forget about that and they become uh, Dallas Mavericks fans. The main hook for, for, for us to convince or to bring the younger audiences to, to the NBA. So yeah, yeah no, when, when someone moves away to the NBA, fans, the local fans, are following this player even more than they used to. We also got into the recent Liga Endesa championship, and as a Barca native, Ader said he was glad to see his team finish on top, both as a fan and in his role as a communications specialist. I'm a Barca fan, so I was so happy, <laughs> but it was always Barca-Real Madrid is a, is a, is a showtime. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you have players like Nico Mirotic, like Pau Gasol, like, uh, or Eddie Tavares or whoever in Real Madrid, there's always a huge uh, show. Uh, it was also the good news that we had uh, uh, the fans coming back to the arenas for the first time. Just a few, just uh, uh, 10% or 15%, but it's okay. It's the first step right. because fans watching the games in the arenas, especially in the Liga Andesa, are, are crucial. And it was a big, a great show, a great show. Both Real Madrid and Barcelona also have amazing youth clubs as well, which brings me to another comparison between Liga Endesa and the NBA. Um, so in Spain and in Europe in general, clubs just build up from the ground uh, with youth programs. 
um, that feed straight into the clubs uh, and the pro teams with uh, with their players. Uh, whereas in America, the NBA really depends on college basketball to fill out their teams, mm-hmm. um, and those players come from all over the place. So it's really interesting to see the differences in talent between those who play with the same clubs and trainers, facilities, head coaches, and all that for their entire career, versus American players who are constantly having to adapt to new organizations, you know, new systems, new coaching staff, new locations, all of that throughout the levels. So that's really interesting to compare and contrast there. Yeah, and Ader touched on that also. He is a huge Lakers fan ever since their heyday in the 80s, so he has some appreciation for classic American names like Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, and Larry Bird. But we also talked a little bit about the benefits of both youth clubs and college programs. Like I say, it's a question of belonging. You you play 10, 15 years with the same jersey and you 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 love your your colors. Uh, I think that you in America have the same thing uh, for sure. And Powell was thinking about and was uh, working uh, some years ago, uh, tried to work in a project to uh, with a Spanish college to create also um, a college uh, league in Spain oh, really? with uh, you know non-professional uh, players. But uh, to because uh, we missed that uh, that point from America when we go to college, uh, you don't have this uh, athletic disciplines like yeah. you have there, and I think that is quite important for uh, for every human being. Okay, if you just go to college and you just uh, study. It's Okay, you're missing something. As far as his job working at the communication agency for the NBA in Spain, Ader told me that the NBA's 75th anniversary is going to be a big step in bringing American sports to the attention of Spaniards. The next goal, the next season is going to be NBA 75th anniversary. So it's going to be so many actions all around America and all around Europe as well, uh, trying to involve influencer uh, um, artists, uh, uh, sports actors, or whoever from every single discipline who people who love basketball to to show their love for the NBA and what does basketball means for for them. So I think it's a quite uh, challenging and interesting uh, goal for us. Wow, it's really cool to see how they integrate the NBA uh, into the basketball culture here in Spain. You know, even though, as I've learned during our time here, it is really difficult to keep up with a league whose games always start at 3 a.m. in the morning. It's annoying. <laughs> it's difficult. It's hard to follow. But it's it's awesome to see how they how hard they work to keep it to keep it relevant here. Yeah, and it was awesome getting to hear from someone who plays an international role in an American sport. I was telling him about how I'm a Bulls fan, and we talked a lot about their dynasty and the Laker dynasty that came before them. It wasn't too much of a heated exchange, but it was exciting to talk 80s, 90s NBA with someone who's actually alive to see it. Yeah, I mean, I was born just a few months after the Michael Jordan's final NBA championship. I wish I could have, you know, been alive for that time. The, that <laughs> that NBA of the 80s and 90s, I've got to say, it's a lot cooler Unmatched. than what it is right now. You know, yes. it's still cool now, but it would have been a lot nicer to have been watching back then. I completely agree. But that's all I've got for today. Source material for this podcast is available in the description. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Boutique. A huge thank you to Ader Ochoa again for being a part of this episode, as well as Sound Branding Boutique for sponsoring and producing the show. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back here next time on Soak Up the Sports. Soak Up the Sports.